music is part of the characterization also of the film. There's melodic identification with, with a series of characters, which is very typical of opera, really, of the 19th century and earlier. And, and, and in that respect, it, it is part of the storytelling mechanism uh, that, that, uh, that the audience receives. Melodic identification for characters or, or for plot exposition and development uh, so that we have a sort of oral set of, of beacons and, and reference points uh, much more than the normal contemporary film would have. Welcome everyone from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 527, A Musical Journey, Part 1. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Max Rebo. To my Augie, we've got Carl LeClaire. <laughs> Let me just uh, hop in my little, uh, you know, Depends um, underoos and get in my little... Uh, piano bar and you know you can just uh get a whole municipal band together jason because it's time there to talk star wars music once again absolutely i'll just uh, get the marching band and uh, I-, I always like to imagine augie's the one blowing the whistle um oh, in the music yeah <laughs> oh yeah what do you think oh. augie's uh role is in the city of feed is she just is she like the head of the Theed Orchestra is she? Uh, oh no, Augie's the Gungan. Augie's a Gungan. Oh, I didn't uh, even know uh, that. I mean, that's my that's my take on it. Okay. Augie's a Gungan. I've always thought because it's the the Gungans are the ones playing the band as they're marching up the the Theed Square. So Augie's a Gungan, uh, and yeah, so she's just the marching band director. All uh, right, I like it. Oh, my goodness. You know, so, folks, we are so glad you're with us because we are starting another three-part series, all things Star Wars music. Uh, Jason, you and I both love talking Star Wars music, and I am very fortunate that just just a few weeks from from when we're recording this, I will be heading to a, uh, a concert event at the Boston Pops called Star Wars, The Story and Music, which is essentially going to be a night... A night um, of a concert where the Boston Pops are going to play uh, selections from all nine Skywalker Saga Star Wars movies, um, kind of just telling you the Star Wars story with music. And obviously, just first off, I am so excited that I get to go experience this in a couple of weeks, but that immediately then elicited an idea for a podcast. And I was like, Jason, how would you like to do our own version of a star Wars musical journey, looking at each subsequent trilogy over three weeks and picking a couple of tracks from each movie to talk about how they kind of exemplified the Skywalker story in music. So that's what we're here to do over the next couple of weeks. We hope you'll join us in the journey. We sure that sure as heck love talking star Wars music. Um, and Jason, as always, it's just so delighted that you're always so on board. Every time a new idea comes into my head and I'm just like, what do you think? And you're like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, right. You well, are I the mean, Nico to my, the Niku to my Kaz and I love it. 
<laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I well, it's not hard to get me on board when you talk, want to talk about Star Wars music because obviously, you know, I'm obsessed with it. So, <laughs> um, it is as I have said before on this podcast, the foundation of my love of classical and film score, classical music and film score. So, uh, anytime we get to return to the source of my favorite genre of music, uh, I will do that. So, (laughs) um, it was very, very easy to, to get me on board for this. And I, I really like the, the sort of, uh, take that we're doing it because obviously it's, we've done a lot of favorite stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's pieces of music or moments, uh, you know, musical moments, things like that. Um, action cues, themes. We've done a lot of favorites. And this is definitely where we're taking a little bit of a different cue here, a little bit of a different theme here, in that uh, we're looking at them more thematically in terms of where they fit in the story of the movie and how each of these tracks really kind of helps to tell the what we believe are some of the key elements of that story. Um, because one of the things that we always know is that the music of John Williams in these films is as integral a part of the storytelling as anything else. Um, So I really am looking forward to sort of diving into this take on, on looking at the music. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that, that clarification, Jason, because it is, it's super fun to, um, do something a little bit differently. Like, cause like you said, the majority of uh, musical themed episodes we've done in the past have just been favorite tracks. Uh, and, and I mean, I don't think either one of us would ever say there's a bad star Wars piece of music. So no. it's, it's never a hard thing to talk about the music, even if it's not one of our particular favorites, but uh, it was kind of a fun challenge to think about, all right, well, what are, what are a couple of tracks from each soundtrack that really exemplify the theme of that movie? And how do they tie in together again, thematically? And that was the way, we both kind of approached this. And what was fun is right before we hit the record button, we, we just quickly swapped our list so that we could have everything queued up and ready to go. And on attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith, Jason, and I had the exact same uh, tracks picked out, which is really cool. But Phantom Menace, we each had two different tracks and to that end, Jason, I'm going to invite you to kick off the conversation with the first track that for you starts our musical journey. Well, this is going to be about the most on-the-nose track for the the Phantom Menace, uh, but that's okay uh, <laughs> because it deserves it, um, and that is Duel of the Fates. So, uh, Duel of the Fates is not only is it uh, you know sort of a obviously one of the, the most thematically used pieces in the Phantom Menace, but it also is uh, one of the themes that is reused in the subsequent prequel films. Um, however, why it, I believe it is one of the, 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 you know, key storytelling elements of the Phantom Menace is it really sort of sets up the, you know, uh, as the, the track, uh, calls it the duel of the fates. And this is a, a battle between the good and evil that is being set up, uh, in this story. And, uh, I love Dave Filoni went on a whole <laughs> evangelism uh, of, <laughs> I, I don't know what else, how else to call it. No, that's it, the right, like that a, is the correct word, Jason. 
an evangelistic uh, rant about the duel of the fates and how it all ties into uh, the duel for Anakin's soul, which is won and lost with Qui-Gon's death. Um, you know, around Qui-Gon's death, and, and it really all sets off there. Um, however, the way I look at the Duel of the Fates, which is definitely wrapped up in that, is is a bit broader. It's it's the good and the evil, the Sith and the Jedi, um, the and the internal struggle that gets set up within Anakin, all within this movie. And it the the duel doesn't complete until the end of the trilogy. You know, it, it's 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 lots of duels along the way, but a lot of the pieces that set up for the way the trilogy ends up falling out, the battles for those are fought here in this movie, and this the the music plays on the back and forth of that, and really drives a lot of the the grand implications uh, that are held in a lot of these these small individual fights that we end up uh, getting in The Phantom Menace. So, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, it's it's also my favorite track from The Phantom Menace, so it's, it's hard to not even think, it's hard to not think of this track when thinking of The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not your favorite track, it, it, it was everywhere. Uh, not only in the movie, but in the advertising and everything like that. So uh, it's it really does hold within it to to my view a lot of the the soul and the spirit of the film uh, because it is sort of the the unofficial theme, if you will, of the Phantom Menace. So yeah, um, and to you know to be fair, it, when that. It got a music video, right? Is the second Star Wars yes. music video? I mean, we we did, there was a music video for Lapty Neck back in 1983. Um, I think a lot of folks forget about, but uh, yeah, the uh, the Phantom Menace uh, uh, Duel of the Fates music video. I remember still to this day on MTV TRL, it, it was on the top ten list several weeks in a row. I mean, this this was. It kind of brought Star Wars back into pop culture in a really profound way. And I think the thing that I was really lashing onto as you were talking, Jason, um, is the simple truth of Duel of the Fates really is setting up the prequel story as, as kind of this struggle, the basic struggle of good versus evil, right? That's really what yeah. this this whole track exemplifies. And, and it does it in a very bombastic way by bringing in a choir and – uh, and being very earnest with its string work. Uh, it's, it's such a great track. Um, and I'm so glad I, I was very confident you'd put it on your list, which is why I was comfortable leaving it out of mine, not <laughs> because I don't think it belongs, but the, I, I settled on, on two different tracks than you. So the first track I'm going to talk about is the theme for Anakin Skywalker. Um, Simply titled Anakin's theme. And shocking, Jason, of course, you start with, uh, you know, this beautifully epic, like, combat song. And here is me, <laughs> Carl the Romantic, you know, with this very soft, beautiful, simple piece that exemplifies the character of Anakin. And I think for me, this piece, this track is so important to me because it really exemplifies one of my favorite themes of Phantom Menace, which is that of innocence, right? Uh, the story of the Phantom Menace is very much to me, and obviously I'm seeing this through my own personal Christian worldview lens in some ways, but Phantom Menace is showing us the galaxy as the Garden of Eden, right? This is everything before the fall. 
Uh, everything is idyllic. Everything is innocent. Everything is pure. And I think the 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 sound of Anakin's theme, the the orchestration of it, really exemplifies that feeling of purity, that feeling of innocence, that things are okay, that. The world is not yet jaded, and there's something very beautiful and lullaby-like to Anakin's theme that I really, really appreciate. Um, and also worth noting that the theme, while the majority of it is caught up in this this sense of kind of simplicity and wonder and purity, you know, it does give way later in the track, you know, um, into essentially statements of Darth Vader's theme. Right. So right from the get go, the Phantom Menace is setting us up for things start really wonderfully and, and really good. But at the same time, be wary because things aren't always what they seem. Right. Um, so that's yeah. for me why Anakin's theme was the first one I wanted to put on this list. Uh, I will be perfectly honest. I'm not surprised at all <laughs> that this is one of your picks. I, I expected it. So that's why I didn't really even consider it. Uh, for mine, um, but no, it is it is great, and it does do a lot of the setting the stage for that that innocence and the the goodness of who Anakin is at at his core, um, which is a goodness that gets twisted and corrupted over the course of the next uh, couple of of movies, um, and and it really gives us a nice starting place to say you know this is this is how this is how it started and this is where uh this is where our our good person was before all of this bad stuff happened to him uh and and it's really a nice way to kind of carry that innocence as you said while still giving us hints of the future so i I really, I really appreciate the fact that you have it uh, in the list to talk about here. Um, the other track I have. Oh, before you do, uh, just oh, if sorry, you don't mind, I'm going to do mine next, just because I feel like kind of going chronologically here. Um, Perfect, go for it. Feel like that yours is the right one to end Phantom Menace with. Um, <laughs> but we are, we are, we are subsequent tracks in a row on the Phantom Menace soundtrack. But from for me, the next pick I wanted to add was. Uh, the track, The High Council Meeting and Qui-Gon's Funeral. Um, and I know that this is not, you know, when you think of Phantom Menace, again, you think of Duel of the Fates. You think of uh, Anakin's theme. You might even think of Jar Jar's theme or some of the incredible action cues. The reason I wanted to pick this is because it's a song uh, that kind of starts with this sense of nobility. Um, as you're listening to the beginning of it, you know, you have these... These kind of tri these like subtle triumphant horns with these marching drums under them. And it gives you this sense of nobility. Um, that the Jedi are still reigning supreme in the galaxy, and they bring a nobility to our story. Um, so I really appreciate that. That's how this track begins. And then, you know, when we get to uh the end and get to Qui-Gon's funeral, we get again another beautiful use of choir. And it's this song of lament. Uh, and to me, this is kind of how our first story in Act One of this saga kind of comes to an end. Is Our heroes are still heroes. They're still good in the galaxy. And yet we've lost a part of that. And there's this song of lament. Um, and I remember, I don't remember if it was John Williams who said this, or maybe it was probably David W. Collins. Um, 
but basically said that the the funeral music, which is first used for Qui Gon, and then we do get another statement of it um, when Padme's funeral is happening. But mm-hmm. uh, he equated it to kind of um, a song of you know like a funeral song, a song of mourning. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, like for me, this was this was kind of how I wanted to end this first part of our story is again, there is still some level of nobility left in, um, in the galaxy. And yet we have to mourn that there's it. We're starting to lose sight of it. We're starting to lose part of it. And that's what that mm-hmm. choir is coming in to lament with the death of Qui-Gon. And also yeah, always worth it, noting that when that soundtrack came out on CD a few months before the movie and you had a title Qui-Gon's funeral plus Qui-Gon's noble end, everybody's like, well, great. <laughs> Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yes, spoiler alert. But uh, I don't know if anybody really, if they thought about it long. Right. Yeah. You knew Qui-Gon wasn't going to be in future (laughs) stories, but at the same time, they didn't need to bludgeon you with it. (laughs) Right. Right. They didn't do that for the uh, subsequent soundtrack releases. They they kept uh, the the track names a little less on the nose, Mm -hmm. shall we say. Um, but no, I, I, I do like that you, you picked this one. I am a little surprised at it, but, uh, with the way you explained it, it does, it really fits, uh, with the, the sort of theme and the, the tone of the story. There is the nobility, there is the good, uh, but it's, it's, we're losing it, um, piece by piece. And this is really, Qui-Gon is such a key figure that losing him it's like the first crack in a dam. Mm. Um, the, a dam is secure until the first crack happens. Because then it's... And you can't just keep patching the hole because that'll just cause the crack to spread different directions. You know, you, you have to you have to really just do a full re- repair. You can't just slap a patch on it. You have to do like a full repair of it. Otherwise, it'll crack and spread. The problem is, is that they didn't know how to fix this this one, and they didn't know that it had to be fixed until it was too late. Yeah. Um, the Jedi. So not only are we lamenting the loss of a of a great hero and you know a fantastic character to the story, but we're lamenting, uh, you know, the first the first you know break in the downfall of a of a noble order. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, well, but to, to clo- yeah, wrap close up the Phantom Menace, <laughs> close this out, my friend. Uh, we're we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the closing track to the film, which is Augie's Grand Municipal Band. Um, it's the the flag parade, you know, depending on which uh, track you li- or which soundtrack you're listening to. The reason I picked this one is because it does have that innocent quality that the Phantom Menace really carries in, uh, obviously with the, the children's choir and everything and it, everyone being, you know, celebratory and happy. It is a victory. We won. Uh, but, you know, it, the, woven into this victory parade is also a victory for the dark architect of this trilogy, um, Palpatine, because it is, as we have discussed on this show and many people have also discussed elsewhere, thanks to David W. Collins, uh, great insight on it, uh, that the, the the theme of this, the, the, the chorus of this piece, is the Emperor's theme inverted. 
which means that, you know, even in the victory and the celebration and the innocence of the end of this film, the Dark the dark Lord got what he wanted, uh, ultimately, in the end. And to quote Count Dooku, this is just the beginning. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... I remember the first time David W. Collins made that made that observation. Uh, he, he was the first person I ever heard to make it about you know this is this is the exact same chord progression as the Emperor's theme, just in a major key. Um, and yeah, all the things you just said, and, and and I feel like even though we had you know four different tracks for this movie, we're kind of hitting on the same things though, right? It is yeah, this music is it's a very triumphant music. It's a it, captures that sense of innocence with the children's choir and these very open and bright chords and yet buried underneath it is the phantom menace himself right this is yeah this is in a weird way a coronation of lord sidious you know right right the new supreme chancellor of the republic yes <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah for real um so yeah I, I love that we're we're kind of on the same alignment here, Jason. Insofar as yeah. you know, Phantom Menace really is it is the story, and this is this is you know again. I think you know you and I were fortunate to grow up um, as still pretty young people when the when the the prequels came out. Never saw any you know issues with these movies at all, and you know for the people who were like, oh, this was so kiddy and so lighthearted and goofy. It's like yeah, that was the entire point of that movie. You know, it really yeah. was setting up the innocence and the purity of the galaxy before the fall. Um, yeah. So now let's move into Attack of the Clones, where things start to get ever more muddled, right? That sense oh. of innocence and goodness is slowly giving way to a sense of confusion and 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 disruption. Um, so, Jason, we share the same tracks moving forward. So. Uh, I, mean, I, I, mean, I will. I will yeah. say, muddled. Muddled is the appropriate, the most one of the most appropriate words for Attack of the Clones in terms of the themes of this story, uh, because everything gets confused and shrouded, and much like the fog that we get uh, at the beginning of the film uh, on Coruscant as Padme's uh, senatorial, uh, you know, group flies into the city, you know. It, Ah, uh, that's a perfect a perfect description of this movie. Uh, yeah. I think. However, I, I interrupted you. Sorry, no, you were saying. And I was just going to say, Jason, why don't you introduce us with the first piece that that stands out to clearly the two of us when we think of Attack of the Clones, um, right. which is in buried in the opening track. Right. Uh, so, sorry, what you want to do? Yeah, um, the, yeah, the opening track. Yeah, yeah so amb- yeah, the opening track, um, ambush on Coruscant. The ambush on Coruscant. Yeah, sorry. No, you're um, good. Um, but yeah, the, this one, this one, um, I selected it because uh, obviously you know it's the the main title is just part of this track, but you know the the ambush on Coruscant, which doesn't actually play during the ambush <laughs> on Coruscant. Right. Um, the 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 music uh, from this is is scattered throughout the film. The reason I picked this uh is because it it has the mystery motif mm-hmm. uh in it you know that uh is played throughout the film 
uh, most prevalently with a lot of the Camino stuff as we we get the revelation of the clones uh, and all of that. So there's there's a lot of of that and uh, you know shrouded in there. And I believe it even ends with a little bit of uh, the, the track ends with a little bit of stuff that's played when the Separatist Council is meeting, if I recall correctly, um, because there's a lot of little bits and pieces of this that are, are spread out throughout the whole film. But I really I settled on this because it has you know the the best uh, you know in the soundtrack the best uh, most forward facing. Uh, example of this this mystery theme, the the mystery motif that is really uh, driving a lot of the plot in this uh, this film. So, uh, and it it's it's not a mystery that is really ever answered. It just makes things more confusing uh, and more dire. As things go on, I mean, there's there is an answer. Uh, you know, the separatists uh, are about to start a war, and the Clone Wars happen. However, the mystery only deepens, and it's never really solved. Here, we only start scratching the surface of it, um, and then the distraction happens to keep you from delving deeper into said mystery. So. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is the great thing about being able to double up now, Jason, because I don't have to add much. Because I agree, <laughs> those are those were a lot of the things that I had <laughs> written down when I was making my notes. But that's exactly it, right? Uh, I think think this we hear, like you said. I mean, this even though the, the it, it is coupled with the opening title and it's called the ambush on Coruscant. These themes are actually all from later in the film, um, most notably on Camino, as you said, and these are always. This is always the motif playing around the mystery of what's going on with Count Dooku, what's going on with these these armies as Obi-Wan continues his investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really such a central theme of Attack of the Clones is that there is something mysterious under the surface that's really starting to light sparks across the galaxy and, and pushing the galaxy yeah. towards war. And I think that's such a major theme of this movie. And this music you know, that John Williams has given us is so so beautifully – conveys that sense of mystery there's just you know the way the the right it's it's kind of this rocking back and forth yep. and and you know it, it obviously perfectly works when we go to camino and we get those crashing waves but i think something that it also conveys to me is it, it's this sense of being unmoored right like the anchor mm-hmm. that we had in phantom menace has now come loose and we're being tossed back and forth in these waves of yeah. of mystery and confusion with these evil machinations going on behind the scenes so i really love how, how john williams constantly gives us this motif throughout the movie as we, we can continue to become more and more unmoored uh in in everything we thought was safe and secure um, yeah, this this it, track beautifully does that. Yeah, the the unmooring is is great. The other, you know, another layer that you could put on that because it is it does rock back and forth, or, or you know, the 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 strings run back and forth. It's also the attention of Obi Wan and the Jedi being split over here and over there and over mm. here and over there. You know, it's the attention yeah. of the galaxy. It's it's being uh, directed and pulled one way or in another. Um, not only is it just that you know the you know the uh, 
the foundational moorings are loose, but the attention is split and being pulled, and there's no nothing is certain mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, except mm. perhaps the love of perhaps two characters, the love <laughs> of Panikin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, you can't talk uh, um, Attack of the Clones and not talk about Across the Stars. Um, right. You know, because this is the most central theme of this movie is this love story between these two characters of Anakin and Padme. Um, and Across the Stars is such a beautiful track, right? Because... In its simplicity, love is always beautiful, regardless of its complications and its complicated state, which is very true, right? This is a forbidden love story. And, you know, there is going to be a a feeling of ominous um, threat even in in Across the Stars. But in its purity, love is always good, you know? Um, And I think sort of similarly and i've just actually never really thought of it this way jason but in a similar fashion across the stars especially its opening notes you know its central theme has a bit of an anakin's theme feel to it insofar as there's there's an innocence to their love right these are two young Mm -hmm. people who for whatever reason across the stars have come back together and fall for each other and that is a good and beautiful thing and yet also buried in the track um is this kind of feeling of melancholy as the track goes on there's there's this sense of wait no this is forbidden you, you you shouldn't be doing this um and and that's really what starts to pull the galaxy apart um you know this this sense of longing is also always coupled with this feeling of dread and this feeling of uh-uh you're not supposed to do that Right, So the restrictions that the galaxy puts on this love story is ultimately what's going to tear that galaxy apart. Yeah, Uh, it's such a a gorgeous piece in and of itself, but it does very much uh, hit all of the right themes for this part of the larger story and this movie in particular. Uh, You know, it has the innocent uh, sort of playful aspect of the love between Anakin and Padme and then it you know it goes into the B section which is more ominous and foreboding and then it finally sweeps us off our feet as we finally get you know the the profession of love uh you know there right before they go into the Genosis arena followed by their their wedding uh and you know their commitment to each other no matter what the galaxy throws at them but but it is the, the rocky portion of this, I think, is a is a really important mm-hmm. thing because, you know, we do get the scene of them, you know, in, in the villa by the fire, uh, where they're talking about, you know, could could you live a lie? You know, yeah. Padme, Padme, flat out asks Anakin, do you could you live a lie? Do you, and Anakin says, no, it would destroy us. And he says it with such certainty. Mm. And yet, they still do it. You know? Yeah. But, but it's true, unfortunately. Because the, 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 the lie, the, the, the facade that it is just Jedi and Senator. They're not married. They're not a couple. No, 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 no. Don't, you know, 
that's not that's not what's really happening. But that lie, they can only hold it for so long uh, and only live it for so long before it starts tearing them apart because of their responsibilities and because of what it does for them personally. Um, and then it's just how they handle that that will ultimately not only destroy you know it will destroy so many things uh, having to hold that lie in even though the love may be good the way that they are expressing it the way they're living it out is ultimately fraught and dangerous yeah uh, yeah. And, you know, Jason, as you were talking, I kind of had the had the track, of course, going in the background there. And the thing that I think is worth noting is that that final big swell of the, you know, the, you know, the big the big swell of it, which, again, we hear for the first time in all its glory, right as they're being brought out into the arena. And then we, of course, get it again at the wedding scene. But if you listen to it in, again in this concert suite arrangement that John Williams has given us for the the, the soundtrack, after that big swell, it starts to deconstruct itself. It starts coming back down, right? And, and I love that you brought in that quote from Anakin, right? We keep it a secret. We'd be living a lie. Uh, we couldn't if we wanted to, right? Like this is the truth of it is, is this is a really beautiful, wonderful thing. And yet if we start walking it back, right? Like, and that's what Padme, Padme is doing so much in the middle section of this movie is Anakin continually just throws him, throws his love at the door. <laughs> you know, like, I love you. I love you. I love you. She's just like, we can't, we can't, we shouldn't, we can't, we can't, we shouldn't. We've got to be adults. <laughs> um, you know, right. as, as, as she kind of keeps walking it back, it's like, all right, well in the, in the world we live in, this can't work. And as it kind of starts to deconstruct itself, it hits those kind of ominous B note sections again of like, if you are going to move forward with this dishonestly, it will be your undoing. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So uh, I love this track. It is gorgeous, um, but it really does hold emotional threads of this middle section of the prequel trilogy together. Um, and it's, it's great. Uh, but we're on to Revenge of the Sith, Carl. We should, uh, yeah. Where where are we starting off? Well, I think uh, we got to we got to start with um, Anakin's dark deeds. Um, oh. This is a track that obviously is on both of our lists, and boy, you know you you mentioned this at the top of the episode when bringing in uh, Duel of the Fates, Jason, and. Duel of the Fates is the first time we really get a big use of choir in Star Wars music outside of the Emperor's theme and and the choir that we hear in Return of the Jedi. Um, but man, the choir goes nuts throughout Revenge of the Sith, and it especially is used a lot here in the track Anakin's Dark Deeds. And you know, Jason, we've talked about this a lot over the years, as as have lots of other folks in the Star Wars community. But Revenge of the Sith is ultimately the story of a tragedy. And to me, the the chorus in this movie, and especially in the track Anakin's Dark Deeds, it's the Greek choir, right? It's what Greek choirs did in, in uh, those old tra- tragic plays, is they're calling our attention to something big. You know, it's really saying, hey, look at this. And to me, the choir throughout this piece is ultimately lamenting the death of a good person, right? Mm-hmm. When Padme shows up and says, like, don't do this, you're a good person— 
the choir knows that the Greek, the Greek choir is telling us that as the audience, that this good person that was once Anakin Skywalker has fallen from the light. You know, he is, he has fallen to a very, very pitiful place. Um, and, and to me, that's, that is definitely a central theme of revenge of the Sith is, it's really about the fall of Anakin. Um, and uh, there's nothing yeah. you can really do to bring him back. And, you know, as this as this track kind of just plays itself out, it becomes almost this sense of chaos, <laughs> you know? Oh, um, yeah. it, it really kind of conveys just how far Anakin has fallen. Um, and, you know, as the choir gets more and more raucous, that's how you pronounce that word. <laughs> um, raucous. Raucous, thank you. <laughs> oh boy um yeah it, uh, right it really it expresses that feeling i think both inside of anakin skywalker i don't think he's in, necessarily enjoying this but at the same time no. the music is telling us just how unhinged everything has now become right there right. there was almost a almost like a a nobility to the choir in duel of the fates Right, it, it's these it's these right. warring voices over good and evil, but now it's just oh my god, everything's falling apart. Yeah, exactly. Now this is this is my favorite track from Revenge of the Sith. Uh, just on a you know as an aside, um, the in the film this music plays uh, as Palpatine is giving the announcement of the New Galactic Empire intercut with Anakin just mercilessly wiping out the separatist council on Mustafar. That that is where this track is placed in the movie. Um and of course it, it wraps up as he's standing there uh you know on the balcony with the, the you know the tears running down his face as he takes in just what he's done and where he's fallen to. Um however this track uh is bigger than just the scene in and of itself. It, you know obviously it is, uh, you know, the the rising doom of evil has taken over now, and uh, it is warning us, and you know, that it is showing us that that is the case, and lamenting everything to come. Uh, it, it, it really is uh, a, for lack of a better way to express it, an epic lament, uh, mm. if you will. You know, it, and I don't mean epic as an epic that's so cool, but an epic as in like a, a huge epic, a you know something more like that on a on a thematic level. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because I was going to do it if you hadn't. But the chorus in this track in particular, but all throughout the prequels, acts like a Greek chorus does in plays um, in the the Greek tragedies, and they they comment on the action and they give us. Uh, you know, they, they tell us what we need to focus on and, and, and what is important that we just took away from the scene that we witnessed and moving into what happens next. That's what that's the job of a Greek chorus um, in in those plays. And the choir in John Williams's prequel music operates in very much the same way. Uh, and I, I believe that was a deliberate uh, choice that he made as well. I believe I've heard him mention something to that effect uh, somewhere. <laughs> I've watched and listened to so many different yeah, it's hard discussions to <laughs> on this. It's hard to say where. Um, uh, if it was him specifically or someone quoting him. Um, but uh, 
yeah, no, it, it, this piece in particular really is, uh, gives us the lament for everything that is befalling, not only the galaxy, but our heroes, uh, here at the end of this trilogy. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, really good. <laughs> um, and, oh. and, and, and that, you know, I think we get a p- perfect bookend here then Jason, where, where we're going to end this, this first part of our musical journey. Um, you know, you started us with duel of the fates, which is yeah. kind of the broad macro vision of good versus evil. But to close this out, we are going to go to a much more personal battle um, between brothers. And that's of course, with the track mm-hmm. battle of the heroes. Um, this this epic music that plays over Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah, it, it's it's a great piece of music because not only does it, it it does in a sense carry a lot of the spirit of Revenge of the Sith, which starts off in the crawl with there are heroes on both sides, evil is everywhere. You know, so it it does work if you want it to on a macro level. Battle of the heroes. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we've had battles between Anakin, Obi Wan, Count Dooku. General Grievous, you know, all these heroes have fought, you know, multiple times in this movie. Uh, however, as you said, this is a much more personal thing. This 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 brings all of the macro stuff. It brings the macro, uh, you know, good versus evil of Duel of the Fates down to two people. Um, with Anakin and Obi-Wan. And it's... It's an epic in the sense that it it carries the conflict and the the destruction of brotherhood in the in the piece. Uh, it's an incredible, you know, great piece of action uh, music in and of itself. However, it, it carries more of a personal emotion to it as we watch brothers break apart uh, and. And it's tr- so tragic in that way, um, and the, I was just thinking the the way it ends with the um, the drums ramping up and then just the one final hit to it really is sort of a. Uh, this is the first time I've thought about this, so bear with me as I as I formulate my my thoughts. Um, but it really is sort of like the the final cut. As they are sundered, as they their relationship splits and is broken, because these two never come back together after this. You know, they they interact. We get that. You know, they have their their duel in Kenobi. They have their duel, their final confrontation in A New Hope. Um, but this side of of eternity, they are never reunited. They will never re, uh, reconnect. They are sundered at this point, and and that is a tragedy. You know, while the whole the movie and and we got the sort of the tragedy and the lament of the galaxy at large with you know Anakin's dark deeds, we really get the tragedy of these two characters. They you know they were friends, uh, you know, master and apprentice, friends, brothers, and now no more with this track. I love what you just said, Jason. I don't think I'd ever. <clears throat> I and I'm glad you mentioned where it was because I. Hopefully all of you were able to hear it okay because it was playing in the background. 
I had never really noticed those timpanis at the end really hammering out the abrupt just demolishment of this this relationship of these two characters. Um, yeah, that was that's awesome. That's a really great thing and worth noting is that's how this yeah. this concert piece comes to an end. Yeah. And like I said, that's a thought that came to me as I was talking. So yeah. I probably, I'll probably continue to develop that thought next time I listen to the, the track in full. But um, yeah, that's how, sort of what what came to me here is we're we're discussing all of these these themes. This is what I like about about approaching all of these things from a different angle because it allows me to think about things I hadn't thought about before. So I'm really glad we're doing this, but I want to <laughs> let you comment yeah. on this track before we, we start wrapping it yeah, all up. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly don't have too much to add, Jason. I mean, I think uh, y- y- everything you said was quite brilliant and, and, and right on cue. And, you know, I, I'm just going to kind of, once again, kind of uh, pin it back to what you were saying at the start of this episode, right, with Duel of the Fates, that this this track, you know, and, and bringing in, you know, the 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 message Dave Filoni gave randomly during the Mandalorian back behind the scenes thing in season one um, about right. Duel of the Fates being ultimately over the fate of Anakin. And now you have in a similar fashion, another piece that's about the fate of Anakin and the fate mm-hmm. of Anakin falls dependent upon this relationship with, like you said, his former mentor, now friend and brother right and mm-hmm. the 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 absolute tearing asunder of that relationship is what dooms the galaxy you know it's the clone war was a success for the phantom menace because it tore the galaxy apart and we saw that in the kind of micro story of the relationship of anakin and obi-wan um mm-hmm. so yeah you know Whereas Duel of the Fates has a choir singing of the epic struggle of good versus evil, Battle of the Heroes has uh, an epic choir talking about the internal struggle of our best impulses fighting our good, our our, our worst impulses. Um, right? Obi Wan always elevated the best in Anakin, but Anakin, left to himself, always felt less than, and he's fighting that that sense of limitation um, and, and taking it out on his former brother. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's, that's kind of the perfect place to end part one of our journey is we started with very beautifully innocent and pure music ending in very tragic torn asunder relationship. And that's where the prequel yeah. trilogy always took us. So uh, just to, just to reiterate and, you know, I imagine if you are a regular listener of our show, you probably also, if not love the prequels, is certainly have an appreciation for it. Cause obviously, you know, Jason and I are diehard prequel fans. Um, and, <laughs> yes. and regardless of what you may have criticism wise around the prequels, I think John Williams scores for the prequels, I think are debatably some of his best music across his entire film franchise, not just talking star Wars. Um, and I think that you had an advantage with the prequels that George had a very clear vision of where this story had to go. And I'm sure that John Williams had an advantage too, with writing this really epic, tragic uh, masterpiece of a score for uh, the entirety of the prequel trilogy. You know, we really had a clear direction of where we were going to go. We knew things were going to go from bad to worse. And John Williams really captured that so beautifully in his score. Yeah, absolutely. And, 
And I think after this episode, I might try to just go through and listen to each of the tracks that we have listed out in order and kind of just hear that story um, in, in sort of the microcosm of the music that we've discussed here. I think that might be a fun experiment. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm actually thinking about, um, I'll probably, I'm going to probably put all of our tracks. Uh, I'll just keep putting them into a playlist on Spotify, which I will then share with listeners. And uh, Spotify is the app I use. So hope, you know, if you use that, I will, I will make that public once this three part series is done. So you can listen through our musical journey of the saga. Um, but yeah, I, you know, when we finish, I'm going to do the same thing, Jason, I'm just going to throw these all into a playlist and start it now. Cause I think that'll be really fun. Oh, that'll be that'll be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'll be very curious to see how how that playlist develops as we hit you know the subsequent trilogies. But I think this was a really strong opening to to this three part discussion we're about to have. You know, we're, we're having. Um, so I'm really excited for what's to come. I'm really happy with the discussion that we had here. Um, and Carl, if people want to weigh in on anything that we talked about or if they want to contribute their own thoughts on a different mm. piece of music that yeah. maybe we didn't talk about um where where can people get in contact with us yeah uh well we are on uh we are on instagram at the wampas lair you can also follow us on twitter at wampas lair and you can always email us at wampas podcast at gmail.com excellent and uh any final thoughts before we close this out i'm already super pumped for part two next week jason <laughs> oh me too me too uh all right well thank you so much everyone for listening to this episode of the wampus lair podcast it's been episode number 527 a musical journey part one for carl i'm jason and we'll see you next time here in the wampus lair (laughs) 